Good morning, Auburn, and welcome to another exciting episode of Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, Auburn's premier home for student-run radio since 1971. That's 50 years now. I'm your host, Jack Hart, alongside my color man, Davis Carroll, joined by the illustrious Chris Tobias and the incomparable Daniel Locke on this fine Tuesday morning. We'd like to welcome in our listeners and viewers from across the Auburn Opelika Megaplex and around the world. However you may be joining us today, whether that be on your terrestrial radio antenna, through the information superhighway at WEGLFM.com, or tuning in after the fact on Transistor.FM, we are happy to have you in the booth with us for Auburn's only student-run drive-time morning show. And now, of course, we are broadcasting live from the Bradley Basin WEGL studios in the bowels of the Harold Melton Student Center on the campus of Auburn University, where it is a soggy 65 and raining outside this fine Tuesday morning. Welcome to Compact Discourse. We wish you a most sincere buenos dias, good morgan, bon matinee, or a good old-fashioned American good morning. As we get on with the show, Chris, how are we feeling today on this wet Tuesday morning? No barking. No barking. To heck with Georgia for one week only. Every week. Daniel, I know you're excited. Oh, yeah, very excited. Just got back from Louisiana yesterday, just trying to get back into the flow of things, but I'm looking forward to this Saturday. Another world traveler we have on our hands. Well, you'll be excited to know that the three of us also made the trip to Louisiana. So let's swap stories here in a little bit. And Davis, speaking of swapping stories, good morning. How are you feeling this wet Tuesday morning? Feeling good. Uh, I will say that... Uh it's starting to get a little chillier out there. The wind, the, the the breeze blowing through, felt a little cold. Yeah, that's right. So you check your calendars. It is, of course, October tenth month of the year. That can mean only one thing. It's getting colder. It's getting spooky. It's getting time for playoff baseball. So we'll get to all three of those things coming up in the show, including the uh, haunted cameras we're dealing with right now on the video live stream. So if you just bear with us until we get those sorted out, Daniel may be a, a, a little bit of a ghost today. But you know what? We're gonna we're gonna roll with it. At this point, I would like to remind our audience that if at any point in the next two hours you feel so inclined to ask us a question, drop a hot take, or in the highly unlikely event that we get something wrong, correct us. You can go ahead and call in at 334-844-9345. That's 334-844-WEGL on your touchtone keypad. You can also send me a tweet at CDISCAU. We would love to hear from you. That is at CDISCAU on Twitter. Hopefully we won't have any uh, world-altering social media shutdowns today to get in the way of the show but with that we will get on the show with the show of course it is raining today but as always on compact discourse we do not care and the show must go on so we all made it here nice and dry i presume so we're ready to get on with it um some somewhere that was not nice and dry this weekend was baton rouge of course auburn did come away with the victory dry enough to light the cigars in celebration shout out to cole kublik for that one but of course it was it was a bit soggy on the tailgate scene. Daniel, did you experience any of that? I did. I was with my um, two uncles and my aunt. Um, a lot of my family's from Louisiana. They went to LSU. They're diehard fans. They were uh, gracious enough to let me uh, hang out with them this weekend. We also went to see our Saints play. Uh, that game was kind of disappointing, but <laughs> it was so much fun. Um, I really liked the game day environment down there. Had a ton of good Cajun food, and um, I look forward to going back in 2023. Okay, good deal. Chris, did you, did you make it back okay? Bumps and bruises? It, I made it back just fine. It was a good weekend, aside from the fact that uh, I partially could not stand or sit or do anything. You powered through, you know. <laughs> it's because I, have an in, I had an injured back. 
That's okay, because we powered yeah. through. Uh, it may have cost me a pair of shoes, but <clears throat> I think we had a great weekend down on the bayou. Do you guys uh, have any thoughts on that game, though? You know, the reason we went, uh, Auburn, of course, getting their first W in Death Valley since 1999, so pretty momentous occasion. Uh, Davis and I recapped it on the show yesterday, if you want to listen to the podcast there, but um, we, love, we love fresh opinions. Is this the year? Why don't you guys take that one? Um, I'm going to have to say no. Mm. Not what I like to hear, Daniel. I'm going to have to say yes. Yeah. yeah. Blissful ignorance. Let's go. We won. We can win again. I've seen crazier things happen. Anytime people question my opinions on football games that seem like David versus Goliath, I uh, quote a different game. I do not go to the App State-Michigan game, which is a go-to for most people. I like to remind people of the legend of Josh Rosen when UCLA came back to beat Texas A&M when they were down by like some ridiculous 30-point margin in the beginning of the fourth quarter, and they still won. So you know what? Yeah, I think we can beat Georgia. I don't think they've played any good offenses. or off, they, they have not played a good offense. They have an out-of-this-world defense. So if if Bo Nix, if the beast awakened because he got that uh, he got that wake up call at Georgia State, not Georgia Southern. I keep calling them that for whatever reason. He got the wake up call at Georgia State. He came to play on, at LSU. He's the only reason we won that game, at least on offense, on an offensive standpoint. Shout out to the Auburn defense. Played amazing on Saturday. Something I don't think a lot of people have pointed out. Um, but if Bo Nix is gonna talk that talk, walk that walk, and he's a awaken the beast. Best way to prove it is by stabbing Georgia right in the heart. Boom. There you have it. Yeah. Bo Manziel. <laughs> this is the year. Uh, Dark Horse for the Heisman, of course. Uh, we will, of course, be welcoming in the University of Georgia, lowercase g, to Jordan-Hare Stadium this weekend between the real hedges. Uh, that is fall break, of course. So stick around in town. Don't go anywhere. You aren't going to want to miss this one. We've also got tip-off at Toomers coming up on Thursday evening. That is going to be, of course, on Toomers Corner. Uh, and that is going to be the kickoff officially for the Auburn basketball season. It's going to be a lot of fun, uh, dunk contest, and, you know, what have you. All, all the trappings that come with tip-off at Toomers, an event that has really had to, you know, fight for its life to happen for these past four years. Um, faced a lot of trials and tribulations. But the main event is, of course, your CBS 230 game that is going to be the number two in the land, Georgia Bulldogs, 5-0 and coming into this game, taking on your now number 18th ranked Auburn Tigers. They are sitting at 4-1 and after Brian Harson's first conference win. He went 1-0 and in conference and looks to go 1-0 and this Saturday. FPI has given us just a 15.5% chance to win, but you know what? They're saying there's a chance. So Auburn at Tigers, never count them out. UGA is coming in with JT Daniels, of course. He has thrown for 567 yards, five touchdowns, and two picks so far this season. Not all that impressive because he uh, hasn't been, you know, really needed to. They put in Stetson Bennett in that uh, Arkansas game on Saturday because the uh, offense was not really having to compete with anything. They scored a, could have scored one point and still come away with that W against the Razorbacks of Arkansas. So, Georgia Bulldogs, Auburn Tigers, that is this weekend, Saturday, 10-9, 2.30 p.m. Central Time on CBS if you can't make it down to the Plains. 
We've also got tip-off at Toomer's. That is Thursday evening, the kickoff of fall break. Um, rain or shine, that event is going on, so even if it is raining, be sure to head out to Toomer's Corner to watch the kickoff of the Auburn basketball season. Coach Pearl will be there, of course, along with Coach Harson and plenty of other special guests from around the world of Auburn athletics. So that'll be a ton of fun and a great start to your fall break. So be sure to check that one out if you're in the area or if you want to travel down to the Plains to check that one out, get your weekend started off early. Thursday night, tip-off at Toomer's, uh, put on by the lovely Auburn Jungle, of which our very own Jacob Hillman is, of course, the president. So get hyped for that. Get hyped for Auburn, Georgia. It's going to be a fun weekend. Be excited for fall break, fellas? Yeah. Sure. Sure. You don't like five, you don't like a five day weekend? I guess not five. It's four, but still. Uh you can make it five. I'm very excited it for it. Yeah. I'm surprised, Daniel. I thought you would have loved it. I'm gonna go play some golf. It'll be good. Okay, good deal. Um have you guys been to Tev Office Tumors before? No. The last time I was able to, to my freshman year. I had to go to a concert for music appreciation, so no. I went to the I went to the very first one. It was pretty sweet. That was what twenty nineteen, right? Yes, I believe. Uh, yes, because they didn't have it last year. They did not have it last year, and they yeah, were not so able to have it in two thousand eighteen either due to a, a hurricane. So I had it. That I went to the f- the only one we've had. So is far. there a it's plan? Cool. Is there a plan for if it's raining on Thursday? If it's raining, uh, the dunk contest will probably be called off, but we'll still get to hear from the coach and the players, and you know. Pep band, Tiger Paws, cheerleaders, you know. That's, still, that's cool. Every, everything. Rain or shine, tip off at Tumors is going to happen. 7 p.m. Central Time on Thursday, October 7th. This is a standing room only event. You do not need a ticket to come to it. Just move on up to the barricades that will be set up on all four corners of Magnolia and College. Of course, Tumors Corner right there. Um, just roll on up. Get there early. Get there often. And be sure to be there for tip off at Tumors at 7 p.m. Central on Thursday, October 7th. Um, Johnny Harris, the ladies basketball coach, will be there as well. And this is, um, if you'll remember, the event that uh, one Sharif Cooper was in attendance at in 2019. So there might be some exciting recruits there trying to get a, you know, a little bit of an Auburn experience. So be sure to be loud, be proud, and cheer on your Auburn Tigers as there will be, you know, rain or shine, exciting stuff going on on Tumor's Corner on Thursday night. And, you know, we, we all probably all saw that hype video by Bruce on the big screen during the uh, the football game. So, you know, he's going to bring the energy. He always does. So, Whoop, there it is. That's the type of energy we're going to have. It's going to be it's going to be some jock jams. There's going to be some fun music playing. Um, I can personally attest that the DJ is going to be great. So it's going to be fun. Auburn basketball season is, of course, kicking off November 5th, 7 p.m. Central Time against Southern Indiana. So if you uh, don't want to wait a month to see all your favorite Auburn Tigers on some hardwood, slamming some basketballs and some hoops, tip off at Tumors is the place to be. That is two days away. Rain or shine, Tumors Corner, 10-7. Standing room only, no tickets. As I said, you know, this is important. They told me to tell you this stuff. So uh, it should be a lot of fun. So we're all looking forward to it here at WEGL, and we'll all be there, hopefully, to get a good look at this one. All right, we are going to head to a quick two-minute break, and when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit of playoff baseball, as I know, Daniel, you're pretty excited about uh, a certain game tonight, I hope, so we will get to all of that and more on the other side of a break. 
Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, WEGLFM.com. Hope you are warm and dry wherever you are listening to the show today as it continues to pour rain outside. We got weather, we got sports, we got campus news coming up later in the show. We're also going to be eating some cookies as the Sandwich Cookie Showdown continues. So look for that in the second hour. So don't go anywhere. I'm Jack Hart. We'll be right back. Good morning, Auburn, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. The Big 91 is celebrating 50 years of student-run radio since 1971. We are the home for variety on the plains. Welcome back to Compact Discourse, Auburn's uh, only student-run morning show, broadcasting live from the Harold Milton Student Center on the campus of Auburn, Alabama. I'm your host, Jack Hart. Joined alongside Davis Carroll, Chris Tobias, and Daniel Locke. All right, once I once again, I said check your calendar. It is October, which means it is time for playoff baseball. The American League Wild Card game is tonight. Yankees at Red Sox, 8 p.m. on ESPN. You aren't going to want to miss this one. Playoff rivalry at its best. A one-game shot at a chance to play Chris Tobias's Tampa Bay Rays. So this one should be interesting for all of us here on Compact Discourse. Daniel, are you excited or terrified at the prospect of the Yankees coming in to Fenway Park tonight? A healthy mix of both. I think we have the tools to get it done. Nathan Eovaldi is going to be on the mound, but Garrett Cole is scary. So is this Yankees offense. So the Red Sox are going to have to play hard, but I think we get it done. Fair enough. Davis, are you? Uh, is, this, is, is this on your radar? Yeah, you know... Uh, if I'm gonna be, if I'm able to watch it, I will be able to. I'll check it out. I have a Spanish test to study for with JP. DJP is gonna be studying. Oh, lo siento. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I think it's gonna be a good game. I'm gonna give the edge to uh, the Yankees in this one. I'm sorry, Daniel. I would love for the Red Sox to win, but I just think the Yankees are a little more high powered. They so, just they just seem to get the wins when they need them most. So does um. Does Boston get to host by dint of head-to-head record over the series? Because they did finish with identical records to end the regular season. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So these games do matter, despite what they tell you. Right. All right, so we're excited for the playoffs to kick off tonight. I'm excited to hear that uh, baseball on ESPN theme song, one of my favorites in sports. And uh, we're also looking ahead to the rest of the MLB playoffs. National League wildcard game is going to be tomorrow at 7 p.m. Uh, that is, the, of course, the St. Louis Cardinals, Jared Dillard's favorite team, versus the Los Angeles Dodgers. That one will be in the Chavez Ravine, as the Dodgers uh, have an astronomically good record despite being stranded in a one-game playoff here at the beginning of the Fall Classic. So the NL wildcard game, that is going to be Cardinals at Dodgers tomorrow at 7 p.m. on TBS. So uh, get your basic cable package out for that one. And then... The winner of that game gets the right to take on the San Francisco Giants on Friday. That game will be on TBS as well. The winner of the AO wildcard game will be playing the Tampa Bay Rays Thursday on the MLB Network and Fox Sports 1. So we are ready to get underway here in the 2021 MLB playoffs. 
no more crazy format. We are back to the basics, uh, the format that's been in place since I believe the uh, since 2010 when they added the wild card game. So we are looking forward to getting getting back to it, and uh, you know we'll see what happens. We got a, a quite the collection of teams making it into the playoffs. What are you what are you excited to see uh, other than the Red Sox? Who who are your, uh, your your players to watch, as it were. I know I have a few, so maybe, maybe you can elaborate on that, Daniel. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to the pitching matchup tomorrow night. Adam Wainwright, Max Scherzer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, Wainwright's a guy that's been on my ra- – as, as a Braves fan, I've seen plenty of Wainwright, and so I'm excited for hopefully the Dodgers to get the same treatment that he's delivered to the Braves in the past. Yeah, I think the Dodgers are going to upset him. Uh, I mean, the Cardinals are going to upset them. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. I think a big a big thing to watch this playoffs is just the Chicago White Sox pitch, pitching staff as it is. That starting rotation looking good still. I'd like to see them make a run. Were they playing again in the first? The White Sox. They're playing the Astros. They're playing right? the Astros. I would love for them. I would love to see them beat the Astros. I think the rest of America would as well. Kevin Kiermeyer is handsome. <laughs> That is my input. There you go. The Tampa Bay Rays have some unfinished business in the AL as they made it to the World Series last season, defeating the Houston Astros in seven games, but fell to the Dodgers in six after a questionable call by Kevin Cash to remove the pitcher from the game. So Tampa Bay is looking to get back to the Fall Classic, and the Yankees are looking to get their first championships since 2009, Big drought for the Yankees, if you want to call it that. And then the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, or the uh, Los Asterisk Rule Dodgers, as yeah. I like to refer them to um, for an illegitimate championship last year, uh, they are looking to become the first repeat champion, in air quotes, since the New York Yankees did it. They won three straight from 1998 to 2000. So a lot of interesting teams. Of course, the Rays, a very hungry team. They retooled after being... Um, not gutted, but you know, lo- losing some key components in the offseason. They are back, and they have captured the one seed in the American League. So they are the team to beat in uh, in the uh, the junior circuit. So looking forward to this one, and uh, we'll take a look at some odds in a second. But uh, I'll get some more some more thoughts from you guys. Chris, I'm more of a Randy or Rosarina guy myself. I'll just say that he's not as handsome as Kevin. Maybe to you. That's okay. We are all, we all have our subjective opinions. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, does anybody have like their Cinderella team? They they're gonna be rooting for. Mine's the Rays. I'm not. They're not really a Cinderella team, obviously, but they're the team that I want to root for in the playoffs. Champa Bay, Champa See, Bay. See them are the Braves. Yeah, I'm rolling with the Braves. Go Rays. I have to like the Braves because um, I have to. If Acuna was playing, I'd root for the Braves, but. I'm going for the Rays right now. Sorry, guys. Mm, that's okay. You Me know, and Chris are going to put the ta- tape down the middle. Y'all have to stay on one side of it. You know, yeah. it, it only matters if they make it to the world. Both make it to the World Series, which you know honestly should have happened last year, and I would have been very conflicted had that happened. <laughs> but I, w- I was very happy to you know root root for the Rays in the World Series last year and uh, watch Randy Rosarena you know tumble over third base. <laughs> in that exciting walk-off win. That was a crazy game. I think that was the only one we were able to watch in full last year. Mm-hmm. It, you, me, and our good friend and Tampa Bay Rays super fr- fan, Patrick Coleman. Yeah. <laughs> that is correct, yes. Uh, we, we really, I really enjoyed watching playoff baseball last year, considering it was, you know, it was the first, like, meaningful sports that came back to me 
Um, obviously, there was the hockey playoffs and the NBA playoffs, but the the bubble made those a bit weird. Um, and you know, you know, the hockey games were starting at like one in the afternoon. It was a little weird. a little hard to get excited for playoff hockey hey, while I was horrible. still while I was still at work. So I was excited to you know have some prime time you know in one of the coolest stadiums in baseball, the new Texas Rangers Stadium. So we, I'm I'm really excited to get playoff back, baseball back on my television starting tonight. Um, so if you did not hear, of course, the AL wildcard game is tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. We talked about odds yesterday. We can run through them again. ESPN and the FBI are giving the San Francisco Giants, who with a 107 and 55 record did capture that NL West crown, have a 20.4% chance to win the World Series, according to ESPN. That is far away the highest out of the 10 playoff teams, the second being the Tampa Bay Rays with a 162 record. They have a 17.4% chance to win the World Series, according to ESPN. Um, hey, uh, not baseball-related, but we're exactly one week out from the NHL's regular season beginning. That is correct. Exciting. So, yeah. Tampa Bay um, Lightning uh, going to raise their banner, and then the Kraken play their first home game. That is correct. So yeah, we are welcoming a 32nd team into the Brotherhood of the National Hockey League uh, to round us out to 32. The Arizona Coyotes will be moving from the Central Division to the Pacific Division. No, that's not right. Excuse me. Uh, Kraken are going to be at Vegas. They will not be playing their first home game. Okay. First game in general. And I'm going to issue a correction. The Coyotes will be moving from the Pacific Division to the Central Division with uh, with Nashville and Chicago and Dallas and the like. So... We will be having a little bit of realignment, not as major as it was in 2013, but the NHL will get a new look when the puck drops next week. Uh, and then we're also going to be able to watch hockey on ESPN for the first time in a while. So if, uh, if you have that basic cable package, you will be reaping the benefits of uh, watching some extra hockey this season. I know y'all are super excited for the MLB playoffs, and uh, I get that. Um I myself have never been the biggest baseball guy. I do enjoy watching the Rays, but um, I've always enjoyed hockey. And then this year, it's always really hard to watch a sport like hockey, basketball, or baseball where there's games just scattered throughout the week. But I am fully committed to watching as many hockey games as humanly possible this season because I got the time on my hands. I'm really excited for it. You ready for the NBA season starting in, a few, in about two weeks? NBA, uh, NBA, NBA, and I have have kind of um, I don't know. The NBA's gotten kind of boring to me, but I'm still gonna root for my Charlotte Hornets, uh, Buzz City, Lamelo Ball. This is gonna be a good season. Miles Bridges is going to be. Um, I think he's taken on a full starting role, so that'll be exciting. He's really developed into a really fun, explosive player. Lamelo Ball's great. I want to see him develop further. Terry. Um, and then, of course, the rest of the gang. No more Cody Zeller, though. Rest in peace to a goat. He's now on the Trailblazers. He's in Portland now. We have Plumlee Miles Plumlee? Yes. Yeah, great. The awesome. best Plumlee brother. Still objectively a te- pretty terrible. but I will say it is the best time of the year for sports, in my opinion. All the sports are playing. The fall. Yeah, it feels good outside. You can go outside and throw the football after a nice game, then come back in and watch basketball the next day. I think it's getting there for me. Yeah, it'll be exciting. Big news indeed. All right, a little more news to get to. We will have 
uh, statues of Auburn football icons Pat Dye, Jerd, Shug Jordan, and Cliff Hare all to be unveiled. Unveiled. I'm sorry. On Friday, uh, out of Auburn, Alabama, statues of former Auburn head coaches Shug Jordan, Pat Dye, along with the pioneers of the sport of the university, will go on display at an unveiling ceremony at Friday, 3 p.m. Central Time. The event will take place at the southwest corner of Jordan Hare Stadium, next to the entrance to the Tiger Walk Plaza. Auburn's on-campus football field was named after Cliff Hare in honor of the man who was the first president of the Southern Athletic Conference, the predecessor to the SEC. He was a member of the original Auburn football team in 1982. He later became the dean of the university's chemistry department and was heavily involved in the development of intercollegiate athletics at Auburn. And, of course, you know, Shug Jordan and Pat Dye need no introduction at all. So if you're looking for something to do in between tip-off tumors and the Georgia game on Saturday, you can always head over to where Tiger Walk happens at 3 p.m., at Jordan-Hare Stadium, and check out the unveiling of these three new statues. Of course, the namesake of Jordan-Hare Stadium and Pat Dye Field. All right, we're going to have to head to a quick two-minute break. When we get back, we're going to discuss some more things here on Compact Discourse. I've got Chris Tobias, Daniel Locke, and Davis Carroll sitting in here with me. Of course, I'm your host, Jack Hart. Don't go anywhere. On the other side of the break, we got your weather report and a whole lot more. So we'll be back in just a little bit. You're listening to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM and WeGoFM.com. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM and WEGLFM.com or however you are joining us today. You might just be watching on our YouTube live stream. That's on WEGL's YouTube page. Look for that orange and blue eagle. You can also listen to our podcast anywhere you get your podcast. Those get uploaded after the show every day. You can listen to any episode of Compact Discourse you would like completely PSA break free. At any hour of the day, just go to your podcast player of choice, search for Compact Discourse, and look for that orange and blue CD logo. All right, of course, it is the bottom of the hour, so it is time for your War Eagle weather report. And uh, the weather is rainy. Uh, no, no, no bones about it today. Uh, it is 72 degrees is your high, 66 degrees is your low. We are uh, at 65 degrees right now, so we fell below the low, believe it or not. There's a flash flood warning in effect for Lee County, so please be advised of that. If uh, the can't see the bottom of the water, don't try to drive through it because you don't know where the bottom of that water is. It is uh, going to keep raining all day, pretty much, uh, on and off. So, you know, bring that raincoat, get your galoshes, and just, you know, deal with it for a little bit because the rain is going to stick around until Wednesday afternoon, it looks like. So get ready for that. Get ready for a soggy week, and hopefully... The rain dries up in time for tip-off at Tumors on Thursday and the Auburn-Georgia game on Saturday. Looking at your 10-day forecast, we are looking at rain, rain, rain until Saturday. When we're back to mostly sunny. So get excited for Auburn-Georgia and the return of the sunshine. All right, we'll jump right back into things here. 
We're talking about hockey on the other side of the break, and WEGL is proud to announce a new member of the WEGL Sports family. That is WEGL Sports, where every game lives, and hockey is included in that, where every game lives. So we are welcoming in Kicking Ice, the newest podcast to the Weagle family of shows. Daniel, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Thank you, Jack. Uh, me and Eamon Smith, we're going to be talking everything hockey, Auburn club hockey, NHL, the various professional, like semi-pro leagues. We're going to be talking about everything. Don't miss it. It's going to be awesome. All right. And uh, is that getting? Is that live today? Yes, three o'clock. Live at three o'clock Tuesdays at three. That is kicking ice right here on WEGL ninety-one point one. FM. You can also, you know, however you listen to Compact Discourse, you can grab that podcast for Kicking Ice as well. Uh, the Auburn Club Hockey Season home opener is later on this month, so get excited for that, and I'm sure you can hear all about that on Kicking Ice with Eamon Smith and Daniel Locke. Eamon is the man. He knows everything about this Auburn hockey team, so he will deliver that news to you this afternoon at 3 p.m. All right, Facebook was down yesterday. Did this affect any of your lives? Not in the slightest. Instagram being down kind of did. I just kept trying to open it back up and then be like, why isn't it working? I, can't, I mean, it's just like muscle memory trying to open an app at that point. Did, did, it, did, it, did it reflect back onto you? Did it make you reflect on how dependent on Instagram you are? I'm not even dependent on Instagram. I don't even use it that much, to be honest. I just like, I was just like going through my apps because I was bored and I kept clicking on it. You ever do that? Like you leave an app and you go right back to it on accident? Yep. I do that all the time. It has happened to me. I'm not proud of it. I do my best to avoid it. But, you know, sometimes it happens. Uh, Facebook is, of course, apologizing for their mass outage, and they're uh, revealing why it happened. The big, I, big... I don't believe whatever they say. Yeah, that's... That, no. There you go. I can give uh, a breaking news story. I guess it's breaking news. Um but uh, the reason that it went down was because of a whistleblower. Yeah, Chris said uh, it. No, 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 Chris. It says right here, configuration changes on the backbone routers. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That's code right. for whistleblower went on 60 minutes. <laughs> You're right. It had um, 15 pages of 1,500 pages of material against them. Should I should I let the people know? Well, I just did. So you might as well give more details. Well, this is the, this is the quote. Um, Atlas News on Instagram. Um, <laughs> they said, former Facebook product manager turned whistleblower Francis Hagen revealed on 60 Minutes that the company chose its own interests over the well-being of its users, focusing on exploiting content that promotes hate, misinformation, and violence to increase its profits. He stated during the show that the thing I saw at Facebook over and over again was there was conflicts of interest between what was good for the public and what was good for Facebook, and Facebook over and over again chose to optimize for its own interest, uh, like making more money. He explained that Facebook, and likely in turn Instagram, utilizes its algorithm to push content to further um, to people that makes them angry because it increases engagement, whether it be promoting misinformation or divisive content, divisive content, sorry, uh, intended to cause risk in our society. He stated its own research is showing that content that is hateful, that is divisive, and that is polarizing, it's easier to inspire people to anger than it is to other emotions. Facebook has revealed that if they change the algorithm to be safer, people will spend less time on the site, they'll click on less ads, they'll make less money. Which is something that I think surprises literally nobody. It's just confirming what we already knew. 
Do you agree with that statement? Yes or no? I mean, you know, quiet part out loud and all those talking points. I think we're all privy to what's going on here. Yeah, but uh, that's why it was down yesterday, just so the people can be informed on this, the situation with 60 Minutes and whatnot and why Instagram, Facebook, and WhatsApp was down. Of course. So the outage did mark the longest stretch of downtime for Facebook since 2008 when a bug knocked down the site for about a day, affecting, you know, just a cool 80 million users back in 2008. The platform right now has around 3 billion users. So that's like, you know what, a little less than half the earth. In 2019, a similar outage lasted about an hour. Facebook blamed a server configuration change for that outage. You know, I'm really dusting off that excuse again. The outage came one day after the whistleblower, of course. Uh, Facebook shares closed down almost 5% on Monday, but they're up about 1% in pre-market trading this morning. Stocks are, of course, rebounding from the tech sell-off. Dow has gained 100 points so far today, so I don't know if this will be a... uh, lasting story but you might see a little blip on the dow if you uh check it out so that's what's going on over on facebook you know our generation probably didn't notice um but instagram it was instagram down yes yes it was down the same 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 time all day bro whatsapp that really affected me a lot you're a whatsapper (laughs) what is whatsapp again is is that like the text message it's like for texting um I use it to talk to my family in Germany a lot. It's it's just like a texting app. Uh, it skips over like international fees and whatnot. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it lets you text people in other countries pretty easily. That's what it's commonly used for. I'm sure there's some like textbook definition reason for it to exist, but that's why people use it really. I mean, you know, it's texting without a phone plan. Yeah. Pretty much. Kick. There you go. <laughs> Hopefully not. Um, so yeah, WhatsApp, you know, WhatsApp always makes me think of a very funny, uh, tech journalist piece back when WhatsApp expanded the number of people you could add to a group chat from a hundred to 256. And a lot of people were very perplexed as to why it was 256. And if you don't know, 256 is a very important number in computer science because it's uh, something in binary, but if Grayson were here. Yeah, so and he is. He, he would explain. He it. might bust down the door to tell us. But um, it, 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 was, it was very uh, funny to me. It's kind of a, a, a joke um, is that uh, th- these so, so-called tech journalists were, were very perplexed why they had chosen the, quote, completely arbitrary number of 256 to support their group chats. I couldn't get past the Cuphead tutorial. <laughs> yeah, if you know that joke. Um, so... Do, do, do you think do you think social media is going to like have any kind of lasting repercussions from this? I know everyone was very annoying on Twitter yesterday, but you know that was just Monday. So um, I I don't think much of anything is going to change. If anything, people are going to go boo for about maybe twelve hours, which we're already at the tail end of that. But people are so unbothered by things that should be more groundbreaking like this that. It's going to have no effect. I mean, it's going to have literally no effect. It's not the first time Facebook specifically has been in hot water, um, but and we see that it it doesn't matter. Yeah, and uh, I remembered of last summer, the day that everyone that had a blue check on Twitter wasn't allowed to tweet. 
for one amazing remember that. Uh, one amazing day. And we the, didn't have to hear any people with blue checks talk. And the earth was peaceful for <laughs> one day, all quiet on the Western Front. Yeah. So we learned a lot. Um, but you know, you know, this really it, it makes me it, it really makes you reckon with how universal Facebook is. Even though nobody actively talks about it on a day to day basis, I feel like everybody was talking about this yesterday. Repeat that number that you said earlier, the amount of users on Facebook. Yeah, so back in 2008, it was 80 million, and then just a uh, short 13 years later, I'm so sorry, <laughs> uh, 13 years later, we're up to 3 billion people think on Facebook. Think about that number. Just think about 3 that billion number. users, I'll say. 3 billion users. How many users? of them are active users? It doesn't think? matter. Just think about the amount of interaction. The amount of times someone has... Basis. Created account, created a fake person to make an account, any of that. Just think about that. That is a ridiculous number. For There's, yeah, it's probably like other than like being a guy. That's probably what the most people in the world have in common is a Facebook, Facebook account. Yeah, it's like just, two X chromosomes being a a Facebook account. It's a ridiculous number, and that's why this that this is gonna have no effect on them i i think that's my opinion that might be the pessimistic view of it mm -hmm. what are they gonna do not use facebook call call me an old head three billion people that use it call me an old head but i think a lot of people uh and putting myself in there i think that a lot of us would benefit from just deleting all these apps I know, Mm. i know all right right, i'm the old head your typewriter out remember larry bird and whatnot (laughs) but I don't know. I think that sometimes you need a break from it. Does it scare you a little that uh you know, one one uh, line of code shut down the world for a day? It. I mean, I you could get into like a whole multiple hour discussion about cybersecurity, specifically the United States infrastructure and their social security compared to other world nations and whatnot. Uh, but it's definitely not a good thing that a website like Facebook can get taken down like that. Do you think Mark Zuckerberg went to his office and pulled a big old big lever, like a comic? A big evil? comedic he yeah. went through like a, he, went, he went on a big eighty uh eighty floor or eighty floors underground elevator <laughs> to a big vault that then opened up Facebook to a little vault and a smaller vault which then opened up a, a tiny vault. Like comedic. Very comedic. Just think of that. What I, is I, the worst name? I'm picturing it in my mind's eye right now. So uh, here's hoping that we uh, survive another day under our Facebook overlords. And uh, here's hoping that you'll join us on the other side of this break. We'll be back in about two minutes with some more compact discourse. Don't go anywhere. We're talking bears on the other side of the break. So uh, brush up on your knowledge. We'll be right back. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Jack Carr, joined alongside Chris Tobias, Daniel Locke, Davis Carroll, and we'll preview for the second hour. If you're watching on the video live stream, you might just see Jacob Hillman creeping around in the background. We also got Grayson Moyer doing his respective creeping in his respective office. So, you know, plenty of fun on the video live stream, which you can find on the WEGL YouTube page. Just look for WEGL 91.1 
on YouTube, which I hope does not get shut down today like Facebook did yesterday. We talked about that last segment, and you can hear all of that and more, including a recap of playoff baseball and our trip to Baton Rouge on the beginning of the show. Just look for our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And, uh, yeah, check it out. All right, it is uh, Fat Bear Week, ladies and gents. If you don't know what this is, um, you're about to learn an amazing fact about the world and, you know, why there is still great things going on. And there's a great thing going on in Katmai National Park and Preserve in Alaska. The bears are preparing for hibernation, and as a result, they are getting very fat. And uh, it's okay to say that because the bears are doing it on purpose. The bears are getting very fat to prepare for their long winter sleep as it's going to get very cold in Alaska and people are getting in on the fun by voting on who their favorite fat bear is. Davis, are you are you captured and enraptured by Fat Bear Week? I am. Uh, the per- the bear I voted for yesterday got beat pretty handedly. I was kind of disappointed by that, but you know what can what can you do about it? Most of the bears also have numbers instead of names, so it's harder to remember for me. <laughs> so I couldn't I couldn't tell you which bear I voted for, if, unless I saw him, of course. But you know, I gotta say, uh, I I I thought for a long time, probably too long, that bears literally just slept their entire hibernation, like they just went down for a long nap and woke up later on. Is that like a me thing? No, I think we all thought that. I think we all were. I think we, when I say we as a collective school, yeah, I mean. It's kind of it's like the mouse hole in the in the wall. <laughs> it's like the uh, owl hole in the tree. Yeah, you'd always draw on not, your pictures. Not that common. I don't think we were like intentionally misled. I don't think there's like a bear misinformation campaign going on. I just think it's easier to explain to a kid that a bear sleeps rather than you know it sleeps and then gets up. What do they do then? Their their heart rate slows down and they live in a cave for a few months. Think about it. It's it's it, you know it's just they cut. probably they probably sleep a lot but not the whole time. They get they get real fat and then they sleep for four months. That's what I thought. I just I don't I didn't I never really thought about the logistics of it. I mean you don't have to think about the logistics of it. So, I agree with you. Yes. Uh, Pro bear misinformation. So fat bears bear, can sleep more than a hundred days without eating. That's true. That's why they do it. That's crazy. They do it because they can. <laughs> All right, Fat Bear Week is a competition, is what I failed to mention. Um, It is a vote. It is a bracket knockout style, much like the Sandwich Cookie Showdown, which will be occurring in the second hour of today's show, uh, to determine who has made the most gains, as it were, in the realm of getting ready for hibernation. So you can go uh, and find Fat Bear Week. And, you know, it it closes today, but has has gathered over 650,000 votes this year. Um, it's on explore.org. You can uh, check it out. But uh, it is it is the competition to choose the fattest, most gorged, hibernation-prepared bear in all of Alaska. I believe it's the finals today. Yes, the, day, the closest today. So if you want to jump on the train late, you just need to pick the fattest bear. Have you voted forget, yet? Jack? Easy as that. Forget MLB playoffs. Forget I'm about to vote. Regular season hockey kicking off. Forget you know <laughs> sandwich puck, cookie puck dropping kicking puck For, kicking ice. Forget uh, sandwich cookie fight. Forget uh, Monday fight, night football fighting on Saturday. 
There's a big fight happening on Saturday. Oh, wait, I can't oh. Fury and Wilder three. Thank you. Forget that. Fury and Wilder three can take a hike because Bear number seven forty seven is taking on Bear number three eleven. It's one fifty one versus four eighty. Come on, David. Otis versus so you know. Walker. Yep. Otis and Walker, and I think I'm going with Otis. No. Look at how goofy he looks. But he, I've been voting for Walker. I've no, you haven't. You said your bear lost. Did he? I did say you that. Just said, he's doing it again. You don't even care about your bear. Okay, here's the thing. I did vote against Walker. Or no, I voted. No, no, no. I voted against Otis yesterday. That I didn't vote for Walker. Otis has been OG since the beginning. He's what? always been grinding. You've always been stepping. This on is your him. first day voting, Chris. What no, do you it's mean? not. Okay, who'd you vote for in week one? Otis. Oh, I'm sure you did. <laughs> I voted against Otis yesterday, so I'm going with Walker. Otis hater. Walker just looks nicer. Otis looks so droopy. He looks like a. That's not a, like a. He looks like a Dali painting. That's that doesn't sound good for hibernation. Yes, it does. It means he's got he's big and plump, or maybe he's not he plump sleep, enough. If he's he droopy, could sleep he's not the plump whole enough. four months. I'm sure he could, but 151 Walker is going to get up and do fun things during the time while he's sleeping. He's going to still pick. He's not baskets. effectively resting. He's going to still picnic baskets and go back to sleep. Chris, I'm voting for 151 Walker. Nobody picnics in the winter, especially in Alaska, Davis. That's a well. They go. They can thing. now because they they know no bears are going to be out there, so they can picnic all night. Nobody does that. You know how cold it gets in Alaska? Do you know how much I like to eat? That's irrelevant. Yeah. If you're going to eat, you're going to eat at home, and you're going to stay I'm going to go to Alaska and I'm have a picnic that just to spite you Davis, now. Davis's campaign for uh, 151 Walker, Walker is completely rooted in fallacies, while mine is rooted <laughs> in the truth. What's yours? That, that he looks cute? Bears sleep four months uninterrupted. <laughs> People only picnic at least earliest in the springtime, latest in mid-fall, and uh, Alaska gets cold. Three, two truths, one lie. Three truths. Three truths. <laughs> All right, well. Let's go Walker. If you want to settle the go debate Otis. on your own, you can do so. Just go to explore.org slash fat hyphen bear hyphen week and hit the vote button. You'll be taken to a page that has shown the bracket so far. As um, it is. It was a uh, you know. Oh, they had bye weeks and everything. You might, we might have a Fury and Wilder, uh, Fury and Wilder in here soon. Christian Davis, Otis versus Walker. Yes, yeah, so Otis, Otis and Walker. Otis and Walker. Of course, voting does close today, 6 p.m. Pacific, which is 4 p.m. Central Time. Um, so get your votes in before kicking ice ends this afternoon. And uh, vote for who you think the best bear is. Um, obviously we've heard we've heard good points. From both the Otis camp and the Walker camp, but he's, he's eaten in the picture. <laughs> Otis or Walker. Otis is grinding still. Walker's chilling in water. He's trying to catch a salmon. He can't catch a salmon. That's he why Otis can. is he's eating fat. and Walker isn't. Not Otis, as fat as Otis. Otis not as not, fat as Otis. Otis could be fatter. He still has droopy skin. He obviously hasn't ground hard enough. It doesn't matter. He's oh big, now he's it doesn't strong. matter. He's eating salmon he in the so picture. He looks so weak. He looks like he get beat he up by Walker. Weak. You go fight Otis. Look at his face. You go get Leonardo DiCaprio in the Revenant by Otis, and then we'll talk. That we're not talking about me fighting a bear. We're talking about bear fighting another bear. You right said now. Otis looked weak. Yeah, compared to Walker, I think Otis is bigger than. I'm not Walker. saying I'd beat up Otis. Look how droopy his face it's is. He not, looks like he get beat up. It's not letting me vote yet. Yeah, you have Voting to vote at 9 a.m. Pacific time. He looks so sad, but look at Walker. Pacific so big time. and plump. Right. 
Chris is first in line at the polls for this one. Um, Explore.org is actually really cool if you want to go check out. If you're a fan of uh, wildlife documentaries, like I know Davis is, yeah. um, you can go to Explore.org. They have basically live streams of a ton of cool stuff, including you know elephants fighting, uh, bears catching salmon in rivers, bats hanging upside down from uh, from branches, uh, goats hanging out in the paddock. Any, any, I, I guarantee if you go to Explore.org, you will find a cool live stream of an animal doing something cool. So that is uh, your recommendation for the day. Fat Bear Week and Explore.org. There's plenty to check out there. And at four, until 4 p.m. today, you can vote on, of course, the fattest bear in the Katmai National Park and Preserve in Alaska as the bears get fat and happy for their extended sleep coming up this cold winter. Go Otis. No comment. Go Walker, though. Can't even support his team. I just said. You said no comment first, so it makes your support. No comment. I was mean no comment about how dumb Otis is. There's my comment. <laughs> You're just a hater. You belong on the hater list, not me. I'm hating on the bear, not you. Don't, hate, don't hate the bear. Hate, hate the, the game. game. I'm just fighting for my bear right now, Chris. You can understand that. At the end of the day, it's all it's all love. It's all about the bears. <laughs> He's already conceding defeat. What? Walker's going <laughs> to win. I'm not worried about it. All right, we are going to have to head to the uh, 9 o'clock top of the hour break. We'll be back in about five minutes with some more compact discourse. Hopefully, the great bear debate is settled by then. But I'm Jack Carr, joined alongside Chris Tobias, Daniel Locke, and Davis Carroll. Second hour coming up, including the Sandwich Cookie Showdown, all that and more on the other side of this five-minute break. Don't go anywhere. You're, of course, listening to Compact Discourse on the Big 91, WEGL 91.1 FM. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Jack Hart, joined alongside Chris Tobias, Daniel Locke, and the one and only president of the Auburn Jungle, Mr. Jacob Hillman. Welcome into the show. We are waiting on the computer to unfreeze. We are uh, happy to have you in on, uh, you know, we love you love talking about the weather. Yeah. And so on a, on a lovely weather day like today, it's an honor to make your uh, triumphant return to Compact Discourse. So welcome. Yeah, it's been a while. Glad to be back. Uh, ready to hammer it out this second hour. And there you go. And uh, we should have a lot of fun this second hour. We got the Sandwich Cookie Showdown coming up at around 9.15-ish. Uh, we got the Final Four. I know, okay, all right, settle down. I know that might cause some bad memories for you, <laughs> but the Final Four of Sandwich Cookies is coming up later on in the show, but there's plenty to be excited about coming up this weekend, including tip-off at Tumors, which is going to be at 7 p.m. on Tumors Corner on Thursday. That is the 7th. We've also got the unveiling of the Jordan Hare and Dye statues. That is Friday at 3 p.m. around where Tiger Walk happens. And then we have, the, uh, of course, the main event on 3.30, 2.30 Central Time, on CBS, we have Auburn versus UGA, lowercase g, coming up as uh, the number 18th ranked Auburn Tigers look to take on and defeat the 5-0, and number two in the country, Georgia Bulldogs, as they visit Jordan-Hare Stadium to play between the real hedges. 
Hillman, big weekend? Of course. I mean, it's fall break, but I'll be sitting in my fall break supporting the Auburn Tigers. Whether that's a question on Friday at 3 o'clock or on Saturday, Auburn versus Georgia, or on Thursday, tip off of Tumors. I think, I see you call the football game the main event. I like calling this the main event. Mm, tip there off you of go. Yeah, you, I, I mean, get hyped up for the basketball your season. bias is showing. But, just a little bit. Just a little bit. And then we also have Sunday. We have soccer against LSU. Yes, so tune into Weagle for that. So an entire four-day excitement of Auburn athletics as, uh, you know, the sports equinox is fast upon us. And uh, it's it's getting to that that time of year when all you can do is sit inside and watch sports. I'm telling you, not complaining yet. October is the best sports month on the calendar, and it's not close. I I will say I, I can hear the argument for March and April, but no, the, October wins. Easily. You don't have football in March and April. Exactly. You don't, yeah, no, the spring exactly. can't uh, even compete yeah. with the fall. Sadly, we don't have football in March and April anymore. I mean, you got Sadly. spring games, but I mean, no, no you, one. I. Right, right. I do not care about Orlando. any spring games. Whoa. Whatsoever. Orlando Apollos forever champions. Yeah. Bring back the XFL. Come on. Uh, and the XFL is coming back. So True. hopefully it comes back and is exciting as it was the first time. Bring it back sooner rather than later. There you go. And uh, I, I, tr- I trust The Rock to take care of us. The Rock for president. Hasn't failed me yet. All right. Uh, Hillman, I know you're, you're a big Facebook user. <laughs> was was yesterday just a nightmare? It wasn't a nightmare because yes, I'm a big Facebook user, but Twitter is my home. Don't I'm embarrassed to show my screen time on Twitter every week. So, I was able to manage because Twitter was up and alive and thriving. Uh but whenever I would scroll to the end of my timeline on Twitter, I would immediately by habit go to Instagram or Facebook and then realize I'm a dunce. It's not working. So, I was fine, though, because I was able just to work off Twitter and, you know, no. be productive. That's how I would say yesterday went. Productive, yes. And Hillman and his 32.6 thousand tweets were just <laughs> perfectly fine in the uh, in the no Facebook space. And, uh, you know, your pinned tweet just hit 500 likes, so congratulations there. Hey, I mean, you know, Jack and Chris, you two were a part of it, so y'all, y'all deserve equal. Happy to be a part of it. Um, I guess I'll shout out Cole Kuvlik again for the second time. I'll also shout out Davis for allowing me to use his phone. My phone was dead. (laughs) That is is right. It was pretty clutch uh, by Davis. Um, Jacob, you also made the trip with us to Baton Rouge over the weekend. Uh, We've all all shared uh, a few stories so far, but... Well, what was your major takeaway from the from the scene? I think is a, is a fair way to describe it. Yeah. Down uh, in the bayou. I mean, it was awesome. I there really was no bad fan experiences. Just you know, some people weren't happy with the cigar, but other than that, I mean, every LSU fan we encountered was nice. Just the the tiger bait chance that was all in good fun. Uh, the LSU fans we sat near, they were nice to us. I walked up the ramp with some kind of LSU fans, and hey, I feel like it was a extremely loud atmosphere. It was a fun one, even though it was late. And it was up there with Penn State. Even though the stadium wasn't completely packed, mm-hmm. I do think that there's a good bit of Auburn fans. There was all the LSU fans that really cared, and they brought the energy. So I really enjoyed my visit to Baton Rouge. That is true. Yeah, and uh, the, the LSU fans we, we sat with were really cool. Yeah, they were awesome. Skyler, um, Tito, and... Jackson. Jackson. Jacob. Jacob, something like that. Shout out to those guys, Tito. I know you're listening uh, out there <laughs> in in Tigerland. So, uh, hope you're having a great day, and hope you're uh, staying dry as uh, 
you know, if it's raining here, it's probably raining in Louisiana, if I'm being honest. And uh, and shout out Jack Sewell, uh, petroleum engineer, uh, LSU alum, good friend of mine. We had some friendly banter going on the whole day on Saturday and uh, came out victorious. So There you go. Anywhere, anywhere Chris goes, there's friendly banter to be had, allegedly. <laughs> Always. It depends on the point of view. Yeah. Depends on which bear you choose to, to be a fan of. Exactly. All right. So uh, moving right along, we're going to discuss Monday Night Football. The uh, Chargers improved to 4-0. and Is that right? No, they are 3-1. No. Okay, I'm sorry. The Raiders would have improved to four and zero had they won. Uh, now the only four and zero team left on the the NFL is the Arizona Cardinals. Everybody else has at least one loss. There are still two winless teams: the Detroit Lions and the Jacksonville Jaguars. But the battle of the uh, up and coming quarterbacks, um, well, the resurgent Derek Carr and the up and coming Justin Herbert ended in the favor of the L.A. Chargers and their return to SoFi Stadium in Inglewood. They double up on the Raiders 14-28. to uh, Lots of Raiders fans in the house, though, as both these teams have called Los Angeles home at some point or another in their storied histories. How are we feeling about this Monday night game? I mean, have we continued the streak of all the primetime games being pretty good this year? Well... Some games haven't been. Like, <clears throat> I feel like the Panthers-Texans games, that could uh, have been better. Monday and, Monday and Sunday okay. is what I mean. Then, yes. So far, those have been pretty good, other than the Rams. Uh, the week one game, Rams-Bears, that was kind of mediocre. Mm-hmm. But it was exciting to see Stafford. Other than that, yeah. And, of course, Aaron Rodgers killed the Lions, but it was fun to see Aaron Rodgers play well. But, overall, I think it's been a successful primetime schedule. Now, of course, that can change very quickly and very easily as we get into matchups that might not involve teams that are contending for a playoff spot, let's say, then those games might not be as fun. Yeah, Monday Night Football next week is going to be the Colts at the Ravens, which might not that, be a good game. Go. That might, that's might, might end the streak. Might end the streak. <laughs> yeah. It's over. Uh, then we got the Bills-Titans coming up on the 18th Well, that also might be terrible. October. Surprise. I don't know. Those teams seem pretty good. The Titans good. are rough. Surprisingly, the Jags Bengals game was a lot of fun last week. It was. It was. It was. I feel like it was because the Jaguars actually played well, and the Bengals did. They played okay. Thursday. So. Thursday we have Rams Seahawks. That looks good. That could be a pretty exciting matchup. The Seahawks are always exciting, and the their defense sucks. And well, especially for a Thursday night, I. Ecstatic for that matchup. Yeah, I think that that might be a good one. And no, uh, no school on Thursday. So uh, Friday. Yeah, Thursday or Friday. Do we have school Friday? Thursday? No, right? Yeah. Nope. Ball breaks Thursday. Yeah. Friday. Yeah, Thursday. We'll. Uh, so, but so, yeah. of course, we're we're gonna have to miss most of Thursday night football because so, of the tip off of tumors. Sadly, no. Correct. Com- <laughs> there will be no compact discourse on Thursday. Um, hold your tears. I know. Tragedy. But uh, there just might be an episode of. The scoreboard? Very likely. Very likely an episode of The Scoreboard, the longest-running sports show on WEGL. Jacob managed to get rid of everybody else to take that crown. I'm still here. Oh, you, you've only been here for a few weeks, okay, Daniel? Four years later, hey, you'll get that honor. <laughs> Stick with it. Yeah. 
if if Jacob doesn't get rid of you by then. Yeah, if if somehow I'm still not here, then yeah, you're good. Uh, yeah. So Justin Herbert's uh made history last night. Uh, he became Man. the first quarterback in the Super Bowl era to complete 500 passes before his 20th start. Last night was his 19th NFL start. Wow, that's pretty impressive. How about that? Can you I like Herbert. I do too. I like him a lot. I liked joking about the Panthers drafting him as a joke, and now I'm a little upset they didn't. I I was yeah I was I was low on him. I didn't really have a lot of faith in him coming out of college, uh, but he's really proven a lot of doubters not completely wrong. You you still got ways to go. He's still got to win, which this seems like it could be the year for that. He probably won't beat the Chiefs in the division race. He does have the tiebreaker so far. Well, he does have the tiebreaker so far. Well. But I, I still don't think the Chiefs are going to collapse in any way that makes it where the Chargers can win the division. But wild card spot wise, I have very high hopes for the Chargers. We shall see. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the maybe I, the I'm Chiefs pretty, slow yeah. slow start comes back to bite them. It I'm, could. I'm pretty excited about every team in that division. Like even the Raiders show glimpses. Well, Flashes. see, before the year, I I was banking on the AFC North getting one of those wild card spots, and I I really thought the AFC East would also get a wild card spot. I thought the Patriots or Dolphins would follow behind the Bills pretty closely, but now looks like the AFC West might get two wild card spots. AFC West sweeping into the playoffs. All right, lots to get to on the other side of this break. I've got Jacob Hillman, Daniel Locke, and Chris Tobias hanging out with me on this soggy Tuesday morning. You're listening to Compact Discourse. When we come back, we will begin the final four of the Sandwich Cookie Showdown, so you aren't going to want to miss this. Be sure you're watching the video live stream over on YouTube. That's WEGL 91.1 FM on YouTube, but you can keep it right here, audio only. We'll try to describe to the best of our abilities how well these cookies taste. All right, don't go anywhere. We'll be back in about two minutes. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Jack Hart, joined alongside Chris Tobias, Daniel Locke, Jacob Hillman, and now Grayson Moyer as we are uh, moving right along. Let's not waste any time as we are getting ready for the Sandwich Cookie Showdown, the main event, the final four. They have been decided so far. If you need a recap of uh, who has won and who has lost so far, you can head on over to the Twitter at CDiscAU to get a recap of that one. Oreos defeated Glutinos pretty handedly. Uh, the Twist and Shouts fell in a shocking upset to the Chocolate Creams of Publix. The uh, Little Dutch Made Chocolate Creams could not compete with the Great Value Assorted Sandwich Cream Cookies. And the Kaleidos of Kroger defeated the SE Grocers Double Stuff Chocolate, a uh, Single Stuff Chocolate Sandwich Cream Cookies. All right, so... The matchup now, as we are on the uh, the east side of the bracket, is the assorted sandwich cream cookies from Walmart in the red packaging, which, might I add, includes a one sleeve of golden Oreos for the two sleeves of chocolate sandwich cookies. And then you also have the Kaleidos from Kroger. So uh, we shall distribute the cookies now. 
Grayson, will you do the honors? Why is there? There needs to be some like music for this. This I, feels like such a big deal. This is this is a this is a pretty pretty big deal. So. Uh, See, <clears throat> we have been I'm usually only Oreos, so I'm interested to see how this goes. Well, I think that'll make you like a out. like a very good uh, impartial subject narrator. You know, so give us a give us a player rundown of these. So this this is the uh, the Kroger Kaleido. This has been billed as one of the closest to an Oreo by the experts that have eaten cookies so far. Uh, they also come in a blue package, much like the Oreos, which is a uh, Smart marketing. Yeah, it it, it, it it blink and you'll miss it. You might just think it's an Oreo. All, all the other ones have opted for the, like, the baby blue uh, color scheme, but these have gone for the royal blue, very prominent black cookies on the front. So, you know, dip them, love them is what the cookie says. So we have nothing to dip because that would not be very safe for the studio, but <laughs> we will be uh, loving them, I hope. So, uh, Chris... Why don't you go first? We're not all chewing at the same time. Okay. Um, so this is going to be my breakdown. I'm, I know I'm new to this, but I, I was uh, involved in the early discussions. So I have two cookies. Uh, there's a specific reason for that. I have to eat them in two ways. One full cookie, one uh, twist, and and uh, eat the cream first. So it's important that you do that. So first off, we're going to do the full cookie. All right. Solid size. A um, little bit greater than a half dollar. Looks like a regular Oreo. Let's just go right in. All right, Chris has uh, done an excellent breakdown of the cookies so far. You know, I'm not really a, a, a twist and lick kind of guy. It's a sandwich cookie. I don't twist apart my sandwiches and lick off the mayonnaise. So I, I'm going to just eat it, eat it traditionally uh, as I've done in the past. But I, I think that's a valid reason. And I think if that's what it's going to take for you to provide your expert opinion on the situation, I think that's a, that's a good call. So, uh, Daniel, do you have any op- opening remarks you'd like to make about the cookie? Um, it looks like an Oreo. <laughs> um, I like it has a little window, so you that's, can that's true. The cream goes all the way through. They're not that's they're not lying thing. to you. I feel like there's not enough cream. Not enough cream. Okay, yeah, that's my opinion. I know Ella, you're a connoisseur of the cream. She is a connoisseur indeed. So that that could be a big mark against these. It just it just tastes it more like cookie than it did. A cookie sandwich. All right, I'm gonna have mine while uh, while Chris presents the cream to you. Um, solid solid break on the twist. Um, a majority of it held on one side, so you can get a solid lick. Um, I so far, the impression I agree with. Uh, you know what? I'll save my analysis for when I've completed the twist. I quite enjoyed that. That was a very good cookie. It uh it wasn't it, it had a good crunch. Um, some of the other cookies that have been bounced out of the tournament so far have been too brittle or too chewy, but that had the perfect amount of give. And I and I think that is a is a very good con- like blind blind Pepsi challenge taste test probably indistinguishable from an Oreo for me. Probably, probably it's close. I disagree. It's it's close. I knowing Oreos. I don't know. I probably still like the Oreos better, but I'm really not sure. All right. Full rundown. Overall cookie taste, um, without the twist, take a bite. Very powdery. Not a strong, not a very strong frosting. I know a lot of people may like that. I'm a big frosting guy. I like it. I like to twist my Oreos. I like to dunk, uh, I like to dunk them in halves. Um, so very powdery, too. Very powdery cookie. 
solid when you first initially take the bite, but it, then it, it crumbles immediately, uh, which might turn some people off. Um, felt like I was chewing in sand. With the twist, cream held pretty strongly. Only a little bit of residue came off on the other end, which is expected because the cream is not solid. It's always nice when you get that solid chunk, though. Uh, cream, not very strong. Again, uh, you could really taste the sugar. It's not really a consistent cream. It's more of a, um, it's more of what I describe as a frosting as opposed to cream. Um, overall, I will give this 3.5 uh, Oreos out of 5 Oreos. I think it's worth noting with the crunch comment. A, I, I agree with Jacob Hillman that, yes, there is a bit too much cookie to cream. Like, yes, it is a sandwich cookie, but it's a bit cookie heavy. Um, it's worth noting that these have been, like, sitting on the floor of my office for the past week, and they've retained this much crunch. That's incredible. These have, these have pantry life. You don't just have to eat the entire thing in one sitting, which you might still want to, but you don't have to. And I've found a lot of off-brand cookies don't really have that same longevity to them. You know what I mean? All right. That, that was my crunch comment. I'll get back to that. Thank you for the... Uh, Crunch uh, of the game. I don't know if I'm allowed to say crunch of the game, but yeah, um, yeah. I want I want Grayson next to me every episode, uh, just just to swing the mic over him for crunch comments. All right, yeah, and uh, I will mention that these do have a resealable lid, uh, like a like an Oreo does. Um, I don't think we can say the same for our next cookie, which is the uh, great value. You can buy these at Walmart. The assorted sandwich cream cookies. These come in the chocolate and vanilla variety. You get two chocolate for every vanilla you purchased. I think these will set you back less than two dollars. So if uh, if if money is the only factor, you might just be grabbing these. But this is the assorted sandwich cream from Walmart. Uh, taking a look at the pattern once again, I think these are supposed to be like fig leaves on the cookie. But when I first saw them, I thought they were like lipstick lips. It smells like is a that, butter cookie. Is that crazy? I see what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, it smells like a butter cookie. Yes, it reminds me of like those butter cookies. Oh, like you get in the, the sewing kit? Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Let's see how it tastes, though. So these defeated pretty handedly the $1 chocolate cream Little Dutch Made cookies, um, but I don't know if they were very strong. They, they kind of pulled a, pulled a Oral Roberts, pulled a big upset, but weren't a big favorite heading into the next round. So we shall see how the assorted sandwich cream cookies fare. I remember these being pretty crunchy, um, so we'll see if they've lost any crunch or gained any crunch after... Uh, after their shelf life chest that has been, you know, a little wrench thrown into the system of the sandwich cookie showdown. We have a solid twist off. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, it's like mission control in here. <clears throat> All right. As we chew. I, I'm going to say I already have my answer. I won't okay. give it away. All right, I well, we'll give it away. Ahead. I just want to go ahead and say. I'm glad. I know. I'm glad has decided. I know. I'm very easy decision for me. All right. I, I think I also have my answer. I won't give it up just yet, but as far as crunch goes, very crunchy, but I think overall, has everybody actually eaten theirs yet? I don't want to taint anybody's judgment. A disappointment. That is not yeah. a chocolate cookie. I agree. That that tasted just the same as a vanilla. This is a disgrace <laughs> to off-brand Oreos. Disagree. I have my answer. <laughs> I'm with Grayson. Disagree. Grayson. No, no, no. Have a backbone, Chris. No, no, no. You are just going with the Oreo propaganda. Listen, I'm about to change your mind. What, that as I want far to taste as, good? As far as overall cookie, 
solid crunch, powerful crunch. Really got my jaws working. Really liked it. Um, the cream, much more present than the previous cookie. Big, big appreciator of that. Also, less of a frosting, more of a cream. Big fan of that. Plus points. Solid twist off as well. Solid twist off. Clean end, thick end. All right. The individual cookie kept the crunch, really liked it. Um, also got a solid lick off. Big plus points. <laughs> Big plus points for me. The cream came off in one swig. All right. And then chewing on the cream individually, <laughs> it was uh, it was good. It wasn't overall. It wasn't too sugary. Um, it, it it felt nice. And then overall, I think I'm giving it the edge. I'm giving it uh, I'm giving it four point two Oreos out of five. I I will say the cream in this one was great. Superior. The cream was very good. If the Kaleidos had this cream, they would probably win this whole thing. Yeah. But these are these are less than the sum of their parts. I mean, if I want a chocolate sandwich cookie, and this just tastes like a vanilla crunch thing, like it, it did it's not a disappointment compared. It lets the cream down. But yeah. it didn't get powdery, which is I appreciate. The previous one had more of a chocolate flavor, got really sandy as you chewed on it. This one f became more of a mush, which sounds gross when I say it, but that's kind of what you want out of your food. And I think that it, it it stays consistent with the fact that it smelled like a butter cookie. A butter cookie kind of does the same thing. Plus points, four point two. See, I, I'm I'm with Grayson that if Kaleidos had that cream, it's the best cookie on the board. And I do think that the chocolate for the Kaleidos is perfect, <clears throat> which is why I'm thinking Kaleidos. I just Daniel Kaleidos, Kaleidos, Ella Kaleidos, indeed. All right, well, we shall deliberate over the break when we come back. The final verdict will be returned here on Compact Discourse. You are listening to the Sandwich Cookie Showdown on Compact Discourse, WGL 91.1 FM. Plenty to come, including the exciting, much-anticipated juggernaut matchup between the Oreos of Nabisco and the chocolate creams of Publix that'll be in the final segment of today. So please stay tuned to Compact Discourse. We'll be right back in about two minutes with some more of the show. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, WEGLFM.com. And however else you may be joining us on this lovely Tuesday morning, we are glad you're doing so. We've got Chris Tobias, Grayson Moyer, Daniel Locke, Jacob Hillman, and Ella Hocker, a whole squad here this morning joining you as we are in the midst of the Sandwich Cookie Challenge, the conclusion, the thrilling conclusion of the Final Four matchup will be coming up in the final segment of the show, so be sure you stay tuned for that. But it is the bottom of the hour, which means, of course, it is time for your War Eagle weather report. Weather. And that is 68 degrees. The rain has stopped for now, but it looks like it will be coming back later on in the afternoon. We're looking at 71 degrees and showers, presumably for the rest of the day. It's going to get down to 67 overnight, so plan accordingly. Bring those galoshes and get after it. Today, rain is going to continue presumably until Friday afternoon is what we're looking at right now. 
as the rain cloud is just sitting over Mississippi and refuses to budge. If you take a look at the radar, we are looking at partly cloudy and 81 for a very pleasant Saturday on the plains. So look forward to that if you are attending the Auburn-Georgia game or tailgating around it. All right, that'll do it for your War Eagle weather report. You can also listen to WEGL at the top of every hour for a similar report throughout the day. All right, guys. Um, the confetti has been cleared from the court, and it looks like Kaleidos wins on a buzzer beater. No. It's Overwhelming. A beater. No. Dude, that's, no. That, that. No, 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 no. no. We are not going to take the that. The great value that's fought slander. hard. You are slandering Kaleidos. Jack admitted that it was a close one in his right, mind. Maybe there was a blown call, but it, it was five to one. It was a close five to one. The scoreboard does not show how close of a fight this was. Nah, that's. I think it was a ridiculous. blowout in the great value. That's a joke. Oh, it, it may not have been a strong chocolate cookie, but it was overall it was a better cookie experience. Well, overall. five others say that could be the name of your autobiography, Chris. The better cookie experience. There you go. <laughs> that's the way the cookie crumbles. And uh. I will say that I, I I will concede to Chris's point that it did turn into a very pleasant mush, unlike the Kaleido. The uh, this is of course the assorted great value sandwich cookies. Um, but I, I I will say that you get a lot more of these cookies, and I feel like after two or three, I might be a little tired of eating those, considering how much work I had to put in to break apart the cookie. So I think there 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 are good things about both cookies, but. If just in a casual eating experience, which is what this is, I think I'd I'd rather reach for a sleeve of Kaleidos than uh have to you know deal with the potential staleness of a great value assorted sandwich cream cookie. Mm. Yep, hard hard to hard, hard to counter that one. I I don't agree. I think the great value is better. I think it was a better cookie experience. Solid butter, buttery smell, buttery taste. Pretty good cookie. I think the Kaleidos could hold their own in the SEC of the cookie world. No. Oh, that's okay. that, that's old, a take. Bold claim. And I no, think I like bad it. Bad take. I think I like it. Bad take. I think that we need uh, – I know we can't have milk in the studio, but I think that we're doing all these cookies a disservice by not having an absorption uh, an absorption rating and a, a milk mixture taste. Because it, 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 it's important on how mushy it gets when you hold it down in the milk and it also depends on how much it accentuates the cookie and i'll say it i think the sandy texture would have worked in the kaleidos benefit uh in the milk down but uh as a as a dry cookie i'm still giving it to great value through and through interesting well we may have to do a remote at some point where we 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 take to the streets and and buy (laughs) several gallons of milk in order to consume all these cookies once again, I don't think anybody would have a problem with that J- one. JP Williams, discourse, uh, JP Williams, man on the street. Yeah, compact discourse out on uh, Tumor Square, Tumor Corner. All Tumor right, Square, man, please. we'll be there on Thursday. So true. What do the people need to know about tip off at Tumors, Jacob? You have a you have a hot mic in front of you, so let's let's just spread the word. I think the most important thing is to arrive as early as you feel is needed. You'll be able to line up along South College, North College, as well as East Magnolia along the barriers. Uh, We will have T-shirts for students. The first, I believe, 500 that get there will get a free tip-off at Tumors T-shirt. But it's going to be an exciting night of of Coach Coach Pearl, Coach Harris, uh, them showcasing their two squads. So make sure you're there to support them. Uh, Coach Brian Harson will also be speaking on Tiger Talk uh, in the 6.30 to 7 o'clock 
spot, so you can go there and and see Coach Harson as well before Auburn faces off against Georgia on Saturday. But overall, it's just going to be an exciting night to see a two great basketball teams and programs showcase their skills and and just put on a show for the fans. So uh, be there to support them and uh, bring the energy. That's yeah. the most important part. And then uh, no tickets, standing room oh, yeah. only. Completely just, free. Just show, show up. up. Show up, like I said, as early as you think is needed. Six o'clock is when Tiger Talk starts on the Auburn Sports Network. Good call. And then uh, today at 3 p.m., we are debuting a new show here on the WEGL Sports family of shows, where every game lives, of course, including Auburn hockey. Is that right, Daniel? Correct. Kicking ice. Kicking ice. Hits the airwaves today. At I would say good timing. I would say good timing with the preseason just starting. 3 p.m. So excited to that. Excited for Chris to get into hockey this season. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been watching hockey very casually ever since I moved to America. Um, way back in sixth grade, but this is the year where I finally become the super fan that I think is hiding in my heart. All right, this is the year, and uh, you just gotta stay focused and have fun. That's right. That's what hockey's all about. Dark yeah. horse for the super fan. All right, we have some news out of Jacksonville. Yes, we do. Um, I was showing Jack a tweet from Michael Lombardi. Um, this was tweeted out just a couple minutes ago. According to two Jacksonville sources, there are many closed-door meetings happening over the last two days in the football offices, and none of them have anything to do with the Titans. This might, or stay tuned, this might get ugly. And it is, of course, in regards to the video that came out uh, with Urban Meyer not spending quality time with his grandchildren. Or rather, wife. Or wife. Rather, doing the opposite of that and uh, spending some time in the downtown bars with the young ladies up in Ohio. Um, could this al- could they already just pull the plug on this? Could they just pull the plug on this whole Urban Meyer thing? Probably not. They're going to wait at least the year ends. I don't think there was anything serious enough for them to fire him now. See, you say that, but it is Jacksonville, and they have a tendency of just kind of doing things without really thinking about fair, it. So I fair. think that I would not be surprised if they just if they just take him out back. Well, see, I think it depends on if this keeps going. Because here's the thing: they he that apology to his team got released uh, yesterday morning, and then all social media shut down, so everyone kind of forgot about it. And I think if they can. Kind of, oh, yeah, I know. Look out. Urban Meyer was behind all the Facebook and Instagram shutdown. If, so, they're, if, they're already conspiracy. Having the, if they're already having the closed-door meetings, though. I mean, that's <clears throat> could be talked about for later. Leave it to the Jaguars to focus on that uh, rather than their team. But I guess it is a, a team distraction. So, I don't know. The Jags well, are. Well, th- that's the point. Is It's a team distraction if. Everyone keeps piling on to this. But they are because they love just ragging on the Jags. And since the Jets just got their first dub, they're the new trash heap of the NFL. The thing is, is firing him would make things go way worse than what they already are. What have they done in the last decade that has shown you they're a smart franchise? I mean, they made it to the AFC Championship. They were within that, a quarter of going when, to the Super Bowl. When Blake that Bortles like? made a deal with the devil that one year. That is an outlier, okay? <laughs> I mean, that defense was – see, I will say you're correct because that defense was so good, that defense but then was, they got rid of them all. That defense was so talented that they all begged to leave. Yeah, they got, they got rid of them, so you, you are correct in that point. 
They had literally one of the best defenses in recent NFL history, and they were like, mm, bye. Yeah. No, I'm with you. But I, I just – I don't think that this turns into Urban Meyer getting fired after five weeks. Hillman, even a broken clock is right two times a day. That's what I have to say about the Jags franchise. Fair enough. At least Urban Meyer isn't feeling bad. Well, we'll see if that changes. My back hurts. I hope, I hope his Warfarin he, prescription he, gets refilled. I have to move to California. <laughs> he looks rough in that apology. He knows what he did. Maybe he's not shame. feeling so hot. Shame, shame, Urban Meyer. Come on, Urban. You got to do better. You can't keep pulling this con off. Come on. Well, we'll find out what happens in the coming days, I suppose. When will the, the Jags go 0-17? The Jags will get blown out by the Titans Ooh, because Derrick like Henry will first, run for 800 yards. Like and then it's Urban between them and the Lions, who were the first team to go 0-16. So could the Lions, you know, have two imperfect seasons with unique records? It's just, statistically, it's just hard. To do that is an achievement in its own. <laughs> Hang the banner. Yeah. I mean, in all the years of NFL existing, only two teams have done it. Um, that's not true. I think that's true. Is that Wait, true? Go oh, the Tampa Bay. Go the Tampa Bay go Bay. Go 0 and 16. To go 0 and 16. Oh, it's true. not the first time a team has won every game in the season, um, but in the 16 game uh, seasons, it only happened twice, and that was with the Lions and the Browns. People forget about the Browns. Yeah. But I think it's because the Lions were objectively worse than the 0 16 Browns team. The Lions and 0 8 were the worst team ever. Ever. The ever. Browns, they almost won a few games. They fought. They fought hard. They were a mm, scrappy bunch. Deshaun Kaiser squad. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Deshaun Kaiser. Remember that guy? And everyone, they sent him over to Green Bay, and everyone thought that he was going to be Aaron Rodgers' replacement. <laughs> Whack. Might be. He's not even is he even in the NFL anymore. I, I think, bet he's like I the he's, practice I, squad where, where QB the in like Kansas City. Where the quarterback situation is in the league right now, I think he's one phone call away. Yeah, I was gonna say crazy take, but I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of crazy things, I think the sandwich cookie showdown is due to return on the other side Let's go. of a two minute break. So, will the presumptive heir to the throne, Oreos of Nabisco, come away victorious, or will it be the up and coming Panda Witches chocolate creams out of the public's corner? We shall see on the other side of this break and our expert panel of judges. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Jack Hart, joined alongside a lovely panel of judges for the Sandwich Cookie Showdown. That is, of course, Chris Tobias, Daniel Locke, Sports Director Jacob Hillman, Website Director Ella Hawker, and Station Manager Grayson Moyer. We are all here. We're all ready to uh, resolve the western side of the Sandwich Cookie Showdown bracket, which you can see and it's all of its lovely sandwich cookie glory on the Twitter account. That is at CDiscAU on Twitter to see how the cookies have shaped up so far and how they will shape up in the future. All right, you know what? Oreos blew out Glutinos in the first round. wasn't even close. Glutinos just sounds like a medication. It, it, it was a real, you know, uni- <laughs> University of Albany situation. The Retrievers showed up. They got routed by the Tar Heels. It... 
it was, it was there was blood in the water. Everyone knew that. But we're getting into the exciting stuff here. It is the up and coming chocolate creams, the panda witches from Publix took down the twist and shouts, who are my favorite coming into the tournament. But you know what? I can see to defeat. I know a better cookie when I taste one. So it will be the Oreos of Nabisco taking on the Publix chocolate creams. Grayson is now distributing the cookies as we uh, begin the show. They smell like Oreos. They say Publix on them. I was going to say, they got that branding down. I appreciate that. That's pretty neat. Grayson is uh, commenting on the squish. All right, solid sandwich bite. Let's go. He's getting after it. Yes, uh, these are decorated with uh, some some lovely uh, flowers that look like the clouds from SpongeBob, uh, the hibiscus, and then you got the Publix right there on it, so you don't forget where this is from. This also has some. This also has some windows into the cream layer, so you can see that the cream does go all the way through. I will say on this one at least, the cream does go all the way to the edge. So points for the chocolate cream there for making the cream to cookie back to cream ratio completely in tune. It's the, it's the golden ratio of sandwich cookies. How was the twist off? Twist off was weak. Um, solid quarter chunk came off on the on the tail end. And then on the other end, we had a situation where it flopped up. So we don't have a solid cream on the cookie. It is kind of limply holding on there. So let's go ahead and uh, try the cream on its own. Initial thoughts for me. It's good. I'm not in love with the cookie taste, but as an entire experience... I would say good. It's it a thumbs up. It has a, like a saltiness to it. Are you grabbing that? Yeah. You grabbing the salt? Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of salty in the way that like salted caramel is, where it's still overwhelmed by the sweetness. It definitely holds together better as a unit than like the Great Value brand, where it, it definitely feels like as a package, this is a sandwich cookie. That being said, I still have the same problem with it, where I, I'm really not getting that much chocolate in the cookie itself, and I'm sort of underwhelmed by that. And the cream is, it, it's got some weird stuff going on. Like, it, it's got some aftertaste to it, you know what I mean? Anybody else picking that up? I, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. I can take that as a segue um, into the into the quick ranking, because I will talk about the cream. Uh, overall, solid cookie bite. Um, I like the mixture of the cream and the cookie as you began to chew. Uh, I think that it works better as a combo. It did kind of have that sandy texture that the... The the ones we had in the last round did, uh, which ones were those? The we had Kaleidos. The Kaleidos, had, yeah. Yes. It had the kind of sandy consistency, but it was a it was a pretty strong cream mix. Now the issue comes when you do the twist off. The um, the cream is pretty weak. Did not hold. We got a quarter bit off on the on the tail end cookie, and then we have a half chunk come half chunk come loose on the majority of the cream. The cream itself. Not a good individual cream experience. You could kind of taste the individual sugar granules. You can tell that it, it, it didn't really mix as well. Um, not really a fan of the individual cream experience. Uh, and then, yeah, when you isolate the cookie, you also get that, that kind of salty undertone as well. So overall, mm, three out of five. Three out of five Oreos for the Panda Witches Chocolate Creams, the official Chris Tobias rating. Um, any closing remarks on these? Uh, I mean, no one's commented on the awesome panda from the packaging. 
But um, I, that, that's at least Man, a half a cool. point for me. Uh, it's a window into the soul. There could be anything in that Oreos box when you buy it. But Publix is pretty upfront. They'll tell you what's in there. <laughs> um, Chris is smiling already, so I think uh, I think it's time for the second half, and we'll uh, jump right in with the one and only, the uh, number one seed, the Oreos of Nabisco. The smell reminds me of the Oreo O cereal, which I know is the point, but you well, you those really are those get are it. those are corn based, you know, which is funny because they got the same scent. Interesting. So, I don't know. Y'all can have your thoughts. I'm going right into Solid Cookie Bite. He's taking it. Um, these, of course, if you, you, you know it, you love it. It's that old-timey Oreo beat-out Hydrox. It's the classic cookie. It's got the Nabisco logo hiding on there, if you can find it, a little Easter egg. Um, but, it's you know, it's classic. The, the cream is not as tall as it is on the sandwich creams, but I think the cookie's a little bit bigger. I think if you were to submerge them both in milk, they would displace the same amount. I think overall they have the same volume of cookie. It's just it's shaped a little different. Maybe that'll work one way or the other in its favor. But, um, this, you know, you know what you love it. It's the Oreo. Twist. Pretty good twist. I'm gonna I'm gonna eat my Oreo now. Go right ahead. I mean, there's not much to say about this. It's the number one seed for a reason. We know what we're getting with the Oreo. And it usually meets expectations. You know, I'll, I'll say that after having eaten three other Oreos this morning, I'm honestly not that impressed really by the Oreo. It, it is a classic. It is good. It is the gold standard for a reason, but things can definitely rise above that standard. Now, in comparison in comparison to the Publix brand, yeah, I think they win pretty handily. Easily. But, I mean, I, I honestly think Kaleidos might, we might see Kaleidos come out on top tomorrow. Now, let's not make up our mind before. Yeah, I, I don't want to make up our mind, but I think it's a, it's a stronger th- competitor than I think we've given it credit for thus far. Here's my here's my uh, analysis. So, um, solid cookie crunch. I'm gonna be a bit. I'm gonna really, really um, harken on the criticisms of the Oreo because I think that's important, especially coming in as the, the the Goliath, if you will. Harder than I remember. The overall cookie is harder than I remember. Also, a lot more sugary than I remember. Um, you really get kind of overwhelmed. It's in the same sense where when you drink Gatorade, you get kind of that syrupy aftertaste that sometimes is unpleasant. I kind of got that today with the Oreo where I really was overwhelmed by the sugar. Um, but then the mixture of the cream and the cookie, pretty solid uh, contrast there, mixed well, got a solid mush. Um, twist off was good. Cream held its own, only a little bit tapered off there uh, on the tail end of the cookie. Um did not come off cleanly, but the, the cream itself is not overwhelming. You don't get that same granulated taste. It is a more solid cream as opposed to frosting. Uh, of course, it's the classic Oreo. Um, and then the individual cookie itself, I think that when it's separated from the cream, uh, it's less sugary. But for whatever reason, when you take that solid bite, it, it, you, you really kind of get punched in the mouth by the sugar. Overall, today... It's getting a 4.5. Out of 5 Oreos? 4.5 Oreos out of 5 Oreos. For the Oreos. For the Oreos. Great. 
Um, I will say I went back and had another bite of the, the Publix, and I think what's throwing me off is that it kind of had like a snickerdoodle, overwhelming vanilla edge to it combined with the salt. And I think while I very much enjoyed the chocolate cream and I was very impressed by Publix because a little behind the scenes, Publix is what instigated this whole challenge after I was duped into getting duplex creams from Publix, maybe the worst sandwich cookie I've ever had. Um, but Publix rebounded in the second half. They had a great chocolate cream cookie for us to eat. But um, I, I think, I, think I'll, I, I'm, I have no objections with what anyone has said so far. You yeah. Closing remarks? I, I think Chris had a great analysis of the Oreo. To me, the most important thing is the cookie-to-cream ratio, and I think Oreo does it perfectly. And I think that's why it's, like I said, that's why it's the number one seed. It, they do it the right way. And, of course, if you're not the Oreo, you've got to try to do things differently to try to make your name known. And so far from what I've tasted, just none of them have quite hit the nail on the head to really make their name well-known. Mm. You know, i got to be honest. This is going to be unpopular. I'm Uh-oh. going with the Publix ones. Oh, okay. all right. Nice. I respect that. You know, it did so much different that I think if you like what they did different, that's the cookie for you, and that's why we're eating the cookies. Yeah, we're trying to find we're trying to find the best for the people. All right, Grayson and Ella, any any closing thoughts? Uh, you know what? I, I'm still pretty firmly in the Oreos camp, but I think the competition is much stiffer than I would have given it credit for at the start of this experiment. I like the Oreo. Gotta be honest. Oreos is not my fave. It's mm. Kaleidos. Oh. I think that Kaleidos, the cream is just superior to anything else. Mm, hot I'll take. I'll be honest with you guys. And that's what makes it for me. But is it better than the Publix ones? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I think the decision has been made. And in a spirited contest, Chocolate Creams put up a great fight. I'll tell you what. Um, in a, in a, in another, if the seating had fallen different, I think that the great value may have actually taken it on a second test. And I know I'm the only one that thinks that, but I really enjoyed that great value cookie. Gosh. (laughs) All right. Well, you know, the good news is, is that they're coming back to the apartment after the cookie challenge. Yeah. (laughs) Let's go. We know who will eat those. I think, uh, we can, we can resolve it there. I believe Oreos are the big winner in this one, five to one over the chocolate creams. They will be taking on the Kaleidos from Kroger in the second hour of tomorrow's show. So you aren't going to want to miss that. Stay tuned to Compact Discourse tomorrow. We do got to get out of here today, though. So thank you for hanging out with us on this awesome show. Chris, thank you for coming. Anything you want to say to the lovely people? Uh, Tomorrow, Cheetah Print, 8 p.m. We're going to have some groovy tunes. Last week we had our good friend Luke the Chief on the show with us. Uh, I think it's just going to be Jack and I again. Old Smackwater Jack and DJ CD getting real smooth with you. Uh, disco, funk, soul, R&B, and everything in between from the 60s through to today. And Daniel, thank you for coming. Thank you so much. Kicking Eyes, 3 p.m.? Yep. All right, right here on Weagle. Mr. Mr. Hillman, Mr. President? See you all at Tip Off at Tumors. Tip Off at Tumors. Uh, I might be back tomorrow. Thurs- so. Thursday at 7? Yep. Uh, we can't keep Hillman away from Oreos for too long, so we might be back tomorrow. <laughs> all right, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, however you joined us today, whether that be from your radio antenna, from WeagleFM.com, or by listening to our podcast. We'd like to remind you that all of our previous episodes are available as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So just follow us on Twitter at CDiscAU if you want to link to that podcast. 
or just any update about the show, including the updated Cookie Challenge bracket. Thank you for listening to Auburn's only student-run morning show. You might want to follow the station on Facebook, Twitter, and now TikTok. Check it out, WEGL underscore AU. You are going to miss that one. Uh, we have a super hardworking team of marketing professionals making great content for you. All right, we will be back tomorrow, Tuesday, at, or Wednesday, tomorrow at 8 a.m. If you would like to join us then, please don't come back tomorrow on Tuesday because then you'll be in some kind of time loop. All right, uh, we'll be back tomorrow, 8 a.m. This is Jack Hart signing off. As always, War Eagle, go 1-0. Have a great day and stay dry today, guys.